You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Happy, 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 happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully your weekend was great. And I know we're all heading back to work. Well, except for me, because I have a President's Day vacation, I guess. It's a company holiday, and I don't work today. Uh, So I will be enjoying myself hanging with my kids and playing Peppa Pig and race cars and Spider-Man and coloring and drawing. And I'm, if I play my cards right, I might even get a nap in today, which I, I doubt it. Because if I do have an hour or so that I can blow, I'm going to try to get out and walk some field edges. Uh, you know, maybe find some easy pickings bone that's uh, been dropped in, in some fields that I hunt. But other than that, happy Monday. We have a kick-ass podcast for you today we are with returning guest brandon cox and this year brandon cox made a switch to becoming a mobile hunter and with that switch came new gear and that's what today's product review podcast is about we're going to be reviewing with brandon some of the gear that he i guess not necessarily upgraded to but he switched to to make himself more mobile we're going to be talking about products from hawk millennium and then we also talk about a new recurve bow that he purchased this year so this is uh i I don't know the last time we did a hunter or uh excuse me a hunter profile product review whatever that's what this one is it's a product review podcast and uh, we're going to be talking about those items other than that man if you haven't shot a gearhead yet you need to go shoot a gearhead i mean they're going to be at a majority of the deer classics michigan wisconsin obviously iowa illinois all of the deer classics they typically show up to them and uh, if you're in that area you need to go shoot a gearhead bow Um, they have a new crossbow out that looks just dangerous dude it's uh, and it has a whole bunch of ar accessible products that can fit on it And if you're kind of guy who likes uh, ARs, then I think this crossbow might just be right for you. Um, But they got a new website, it looks like. Go to gearheadarchery.com. Take a look at all of the products that they offer and or all the bows that they offer. And I'll tell you this. Recently, they had this archery shoot, this tournament in Las Vegas. And I believe four of the top 10 bows and maybe i'm wrong uh and what i mean wrong i'm wrong on the low end so it's probably more of the bows that won at this tournament were gearhead i know uh they (laughs) they dominated the field along with some other up-and-coming bow manufacturers so 
the big names don't always win, and I think that's really cool, especially when uh, uh, a company and a product like Gearhead that is so different is out there showing that their bow is not only consistent, but people can win tournaments with them. That's pretty badass. Uh, go visit GearheadArchery.com. Other than that, I don't have too much to say. Hopefully, you guys enjoy your Monday and you enjoy this podcast. We're going to keep the intro simple. So let's get into to today's product review podcast with returning guest, Brandon Cox. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Brandon Cox. How are you doing today, Brandon? Pretty good, Dan. How are you doing? Now, have you been on the podcast before, is this, or is this your first time? No, uh, about this time last year. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was on before. I, I First off, I apologize for not knowing that. And... <laughs> And uh, second, <laughs> welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So why don't you remind everybody where you're from and what do you do for a living? Yeah, I, I live in uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour southeast of Pittsburgh. And I work in Pittsburgh for a winch manufacturer. Um, I, we design and build um, marine winches That's right. for big tugboats and barges and things. Perfect. Perfect. Now, how big is, you know, are some of these wenches that you, that you put on a boat? Um, they measure them in like tonnage rating, what, what they can handle. Smallest one we make is 20 ton all the way up to 90 ton capacity, man. So they're big. So, <laughs> yeah. And they can, yeah, they weigh a couple thousand pounds a piece. And, and how big are the, I guess, I guess it's not ropes probably, but the cables that are, uh, are the cables rated higher than the, the, the actual wench itself? How's that work? The general, generally best practice would be to use a cable or a rope. They'd use synthetic rope too. Okay. Um, that's weaker than, that's weaker than the winch. Okay. It's generally the cheaper part to replace. So if there was a breaking point, that's where you'd want it to be. Right. I gotcha. So these things move what giant ships around? Giant barges. Barges. Uh, full, of, full of coal or corn or sand, different things like that. Gotcha. Well, that man, that's cool. I've always wanted to put a wench on the front of my truck or on a on the uh, oh my. Uh, stepdad's uh he has a little side by side i think that would be cool to just i don't know go out and just wench stuff oh let's get this log out of here and pull it down or pull there, the dead branches yeah. out of trees <laughs> so let's see here how was your uh 2017 season uh, it was it wasn't too great it wasn't too bad i ended up shooting a doe with a rifle didn't end up getting anything with the bow um as we'll talk about here i've tried some new stand a new stand setup which is more of a run and gun setup so this year was the first year i really devoted a lot of time into hopping around different place to different place so i saw a lot um but it, i it was a lot of fun trying to fine tune setups and nothing ever really paid off so there's a learning curve to it I, I expected that going in so gotcha uh, it was a bit trying at times but i learned a lot was that for archery season then yeah, yeah, mainly, yeah. Okay, all right. So just a couple quick questions. Um, you decided to be more mobile this year, and you didn't find success as far as, I, I guess, actually harvesting a deer, d doing that kind of run-and-gun type of deal, um, unless right. unless you did with your rifle, or was it just kind of like a, an archery goal? No, it was more of an archery thing that I wanted to try and, you know, be more mobile so I could just be adapt on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Right. So what are some of the things that, uh, you liked and disliked about running and gunning all the time? Well, I mean, I liked, uh, I liked new scenery every time I was yeah. getting kind of burnt out on the same old stands, the same old scenery, you know? So I liked, I liked going in and especially the, the run and gun setups in the morning. You know, I had a general area picked up, went in, this was on public land and put a tree stand up and then I had to wait for it to get light to see what it looked like. That was kind of neat, you know, not knowing exactly what you're getting into until you, until it got light out. Right. Um, so I, I like the change of scenery and I like the, 
in the back of your head, there was always the possibility of a deer walking from behind this tree or around this bend. Right. You know, it was all new. Right, right. So I take it, I mean, just like anything, how long did it take for you to get really comfortable, I guess, tearing up and setting you know, t- uh, setting up and tearing down and moving and doing the same thing over and over. Did, how long did it take you to get into a real routine? I honestly, I did it for the whole season and that's going out mainly on the weekends. Yeah. And I still, I still have, you know, my, my moments where I feel like it's amateur hour. Uh, <laughs> so there's still some work that needs to be done. I wouldn't say I'm totally confident with tearing down and setting up. Right. Um, I can do it. I can do it relatively quickly. Um, it's just, it's just, the, I need to work on the sound portion of it. Right. I, I'm just not used to being, trying to be so quiet when I'm doing it. Right. Usually I have a stand up for months at a time and I just climb up and climb down and it's super quiet. Now I'm working with metal sticks and things like that. So there's some stuff I need to work on there. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, there's days and sometimes even years where I even, and I mean, I've been running and gunning for a long time and you know, something will set me off where I'll have something in the wrong pocket, right? Let's say a, a screw in step, or I'll forget to, you know, I'll, when I throw my rope around the tree, uh, for my lineman's belt portion of it, you know, when I'm climbing up and, uh, setting up my stick, something will throw me off. And then the whole setup is ruined <laughs> from that point on. And I, you know, so don't get too discouraged because the more you do it, the more you feel comfortable with it. And then the next thing, you know, you're going to be doing these running guns where, you're not even really thinking about setting up the tree stand because it be- turns into autopilot. And, and then you're right. thinking, you're thinking the entire time you're, you know, you're, you're doing your stuff, but at the same time you're keeping an eye out for, you know, if you're seeing any movement while you're setting up or, you know, if the wind changes from the ground to higher up in the tree and then you can, Oh shit, I gotta, I can't hunt here. I got to tear down and move two or three trees over whatever. That's when it starts getting fun is when you can, right. when you can push all the thought of actually the run and gun, strat or, or the actual physical setup itself take that out of the equation and then your brain can think solely on strategy and then that's when it really gets fun i mean as far that's what i think anyway yeah yeah definitely so okay so we're going to be doing a product review podcast today and a lot of these products are products that you used and, and this was your first year doing a lot of running guns right running gun setups. Yeah. Okay. So these products that you purchased are what we're going to be talking about today, is that correct? Correct. Okay, cool. So before we started recording, you mentioned that you did a lot of research on the all these products before you ended up purchasing them. When you were doing your research, what I guess categories, you know, price brand, um, where it was made, all these different, you know, there's so many different categories that go into a product. What were some of the categories that you, you know, ranked maybe higher than others or how did you come about or make your decision on what products to actually purchase? Well, weight, weight was a big, big, uh, factor. I wanted something light. Um, obviously you're going to have sticks and a stand, or at least that's the setup I was going to use. Yeah. And you're going to have a pack, you know, if you're going to be in there all day. So I wanted something light. Um, price was also a factor. Um, you know, I, I think anybody, <laughs> most of the people that I could talk to, I would talk to, if they didn't say price was a factor. I, I would question their judgment <laughs> right. just because you never want to pay more than you need to. Um, right. so pr- price and weight. Um, were, were the the two things that I looked at the most, and then based on those, narrowed it down um, to a few, and then beyond that, when I got it narrowed down to the three that I was looking at or the four I was looking at, I just did reviews online, yeah, and just generally see what people said, um, and then also some you know person to person interaction with people right. that have used them as well, right. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, these products that you ended up purchasing. Um, and we're just going to start off with the Hawk sticks that you purchased. And what, what yep. sticks were those? 
the helium helium sticks okay now just curious um you said that you would narrow you narrowed it down to a couple sticks but you know a couple brands different products before you ended up purchasing the uh, these Hawk helium sticks. What were some, what were the other products that made the short list before you ended up purchasing or going with Hawk? Well, um, the other ones I looked at were uh, two from Muddy, the Pro Stick, which is the shorter one, mm-hmm. um, with the two steps, and then um, Muddy also makes an Aerolite, which is uh, longer three step. I really didn't give that too much thought, um, and then obviously Lone Wolf. And XOP, I looked at all all of right. those. Okay, and why did you decide to go with the Hawk? So, like, give me a breakdown uh, if you could, or if you can remember why Hawk took the cake over those other other brands. Um, a lot of what I read about on the Hawk, and I know other companies have since then made changes to get your foot away from the tree a little further was one thing that I read about those, um, the tree, the bracket in between the stick and the tree is actually a little deeper. So it allows more of the arch of your foot to be on the step. Uh, if if you have a, if you have a bigger foot, the shoe size, um, that's a problem I kind of have. So, um, so that was the one thing that made me choose those. Um, also, like I said before price, they were actually the, the cheaper option of all of them. And, I'm not. I'm sure you're familiar with them, but they don't. It's not a tubular style right. stick. Right. It's it's more of a, a custom. I don't know whether that's an extrusion or, or how they manufacture that, but I've noticed that when you hit that stick, it's completely. It's just a dead thunk. It doesn't okay. like ring. Yeah. Like a square tube. It, so it's actually they're actually pretty quiet, even if you accidentally bump them together. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, any product with flexing, uh, on, on those sticks, those specific sticks? No, they were pretty rigid. Um, I had questioned it just because of the the design being different, Right. but I'm sure they, they looked into that before they put it in in the, in the market. So, I mean, they were, I didn't notice any, any flexing and I'm a fairly big guy as far as that goes. So, um, if they would have flexed, I think I would have noticed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with the the sticks themselves, but do they come? What kind of strap to, that uh, goes around the tree do they come with? So it comes with um, the strap is actually uh, bolted to. So there's a right where on the lone wolf there's the versa button. Right. There, on these, it's it's a bolt that has a metal bracket, and there's a strap. It's just a cam buckle strap that goes around and hooks back onto the stick. So you, you're basically throwing um, a cam buckle strap around the tree, and the only difference between, like, a lone wolf stick and these is instead of having a fabric loop to go around the Versa button, you have a plastic coated but a metal hook that hooks into the stick again and then cam buckles gotcha um i changed all of that i didn't necessarily like like that so i changed that all the straps oh so you did do some diy improvements then on this yeah i I did more of a um a versa button style out of some bolts and fender washers and then actually used um it's quarter inch synthetic uh, ATV winch cable and um, the DIY sportsman has a big thing on right. that um, right. but it's that's what I did so it just it kind of it goes in behind that Versa button and Chinese finger traps itself and no buckles at all okay so did you then um, let me let me think here so did you even hunt with those helium stands like straight from the factory or did those straps get taken off and you ended up doing the mods before hunting season? No, I I gave it, I gave it a couple weeks. I gave it a fair try of of using them. And then when I saw this and another thing that, you know, works against me is I just like to tinker with stuff. So I just wanted to try it. (laughs) I just had to try it. So um, I I liked it. I liked it overall. I mean, it cut down some weight if you're really going to get picky about it, but 
the more the better thing I liked was packing them. They pack a lot nicer without having to worry about that buckle yep. rattling around, and they're quiet. You can throw them around the straps around the tree, and you don't have to worry about the cam buckle swinging around and hitting something. Right. Even if you were to cover it with inner tube material or anything like that, I still think it's this the way I have them now is, is a little better. Gotcha, gotcha. So, did you notice a big? I guess jump in not necessarily functionality, but user ease. Like, did it become more user friendly as far as the mods are concerned once you put the them on the sticks? Yeah, I mean, the, some people will say it's quicker to do to when you have this the mod done. Uh, honestly, I could do them both in the same amount of time. I think it's just it, it's just a little bit easier to be quiet right. in my experience. Right. Um, you can definitely be really quiet with the way they have them set up from the factory. Um, it's just, this was just a little bit easier for how I have things set up and how I have a stand attached to the, the sticks attached to the stand. Um, it's just less room for error as far as clanging metal parts together. Gotcha. Okay. Now, how much retail or how, what did you pay for those sticks? And was that a three set or a four set? It's a three set. They sell them in a three set, and then you can buy a single um, if you want to make it a four. But I only have the three, and they were ninety nine ninety nine. Okay. And how 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 high were you getting with these three sticks? So with just the three sticks, I was able to get um, between probably I want to say fourteen, fifteen, sixteen feet. Okay. Um, now that's me having a little bit longer of a stride than than maybe some people. How tall and are you? Also, uh, six one. Okay, so I'm not one. abnormally tall, but just some people. Gotcha. Maybe a little shorter. Right. And then also, I tend to put the last step uh, a little bit below my platform, my tree stand. Yeah. They don't recommend that, obviously, but I do it gives that me a little time. bit more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people probably do. For me, my 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 last step on my highest stick, the step that I take in between sticks is roughly the step that I take from the last step to my platform, if that makes sense. Right. So it's another yeah. another, you know, two feet maybe you're getting out of right. that out of that height. So okay, cool. Um so that so those three sticks um, cost you nine ninety nine, so a hundred bucks. And then, yep. what about the mods, the modifications that you made to it? What was the additional cost on that? So the the bolts and washers to make the the DIY Versa buttons. I mean, those were bought through a hardware store. That I probably all together paid maybe five dollars for all of them. Okay. Um, and then the winch cable. I ordered off of Amazon, and I believe it was around $20 for a 30-foot piece of that cable. I was able to make the um, the straps for three sticks, and I still have some left over in case I would ever need more. Okay, perfect, perfect. And then how much time did it take you to, uh, I guess, adjust or, or mod out those three sticks? two half hour lunch breaks <laughs> i did it at work um <laughs> yeah so pretty much an hour <laughs> okay cool so let's see here so you did so that bumped it up from you know to basically 130 or uh from 100 bucks to 130 bucks right okay cool all right so let's see here then you started using them I mean, did, from a durability standpoint, did they did they hold up to what you know the abuse that you put them through from tearing up and set them down the entire entire season? Yeah, the the only thing that I I'm, I, ha, I will say is that the um, there are two you know, the steps on either side and the hinge you know because the muddy sticks have like a a ratcheting mechanism where if you pull one stick down and both fold down, these are independent. So you have to put them each down individually right. and did notice throughout the course of the year that some of the bolts would 
it would get not loose, but the, the one step would be way easier to put them than the other. Right. So if I was climbing up the tree and my toe accidentally drug across the step, it would fold itself shut. Oh. So I did have to go back through and tighten them all back down just so that if I did drag my foot across it, I noticed the resistance yeah. and I didn't go to put my foot down where a step should be and there wouldn't be one. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, uh, other than that, any other mods that you did on these sticks? I did, um, add, uh, aiders to the bottom of the first two sticks. Okay. I just use, I just use like, it's a, like a one inch, uh, nylon webbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen different ones where they have, you know, two steps, kind of like a rope ladder almost, but I opted to go with just one step on the first two. Um, and that was when I took full advantage of that, when I felt I needed to, I could get 20 feet with that setup. Okay, cool. And you felt comfortable going up and going down, uh, coming out of the tree at dark, you know, looking for that aider loop. Yeah, it was because I'm the way I mounted it off of the bottom of the stick. It it hung out just as far away from the tree as the stick did. So once I found that loop with my foot, because I knew it was right at the base of the stick, I just kind of slid my foot down the inside until I until I'm bottomed out in the bottom of the loop. Oh, okay. So I, it it was fine. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. So if you were get. Let me see here. So, so these sticks have a step on each side. Is it a three-step or a two-step stick? A three. It's a three-step stick. So, what's the length of each stick? Do you happen to remember that? Uh, no, I don't. I think it's similar to the Lone Wolf. Is it 32, 34? Yeah, I think that's that it. neighborhood? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, now, if, you know... Any buyer's remorse? Do you like the outcome of these sticks? You know, if you were going to do it again, would you do it different, or would you stay with the hawk sticks? They worked for me. I have them set up the way I like them. Um, if I could go and buy them again, I don't. I don't think I'd buy anything differently just be, for a reason that I didn't like them. Maybe I'd want to try something different. But um, if I had to use these for the rest of my hunting career, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't wouldn't dread using them that's for sure you'd feel confident it's not to say i wouldn't it wouldn't not to say i wouldn't try something else in the future but i am happy with them gotcha so you could you would definitely feel i mean you feel confident using this uh those sticks yeah yeah gotcha. okay cool um so the hog helium sticks uh I know I, I talk to a lot of guys, or not necessarily a lot, but I've talked to a handful of guys who use those sticks in the same kind of method that you do. Uh, you know, they have the the aider on them as well, so right, uh, that's pretty cool. All right, now the next stand that you purchase, or the the stand that you put with these sticks, was a Millennium tree stand. Now, yes. First off, I want to talk a little bit about, just like we did with the Hawk, what was the short list of the other tree stands that you decided to uh, to, to look at before you ended up going with this Millennium? Uh, the other ones were the Lone Wolf Assault. Um, but it, that's not shouldn't be surprising. Everybody uses those. Right. Um, uh, Hawk makes one that's... Uh, it's called the Explore. It's also in that same, you know, run and gun, light, minimalist style stand. And then um, the Muddy Vantage Point. Um, again, aluminum, lightweight. What's the difference? So those are the- what, what's the difference all between these? Now, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear Millennium is comfort, right? They got a seat that you're could you can sit all day in right yeah the, this one that i got because the the normal millennium seat the one you're probably thinking of that has the, the back and the the bottom this one doesn't have that this one has a it's a flip down seat and it's still the same uh canvas like look mate- looking material it's just um it doesn't have a back to it it's just the seat bottom but it is like a hammock style right and it is it 
still, I mean, is it fairly comfortable? Oh yeah, way yeah. more comfortable than any of the other penguins <laughs> I have with the with the flip down padded seat. Yeah, right, absolutely. Okay, so um, what about this Millennium, and and what Millennium was it that you went with? It was the it's the M seven Microlite. It's like it's oh, the yeah. smallest stand they make. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about this. Um, so tell me what about this Millennium that you liked that made you want to buy it over everything else that you've, uh, all the other brands that you mentioned? Um, the weight for one, nobody came close. Um, it's eight and a half pounds. Okay. So, um, and the muddy was, they advertise at 13, the Loma Fistalt's 11, the Hawk, the Hawk stands 11 and a half. So it's only a couple pounds, but it is lighter. Um, price was was better it actually ended up being one of the cheaper options um they retail for 199 i found this one for 146 um it was new so it it beat the other ones on weight and price i also like the mounting of the stand it has a bracket that you put on the tree and then the the tree stand slides into a mounting bracket okay now when setting up that stand did you feel that that was an extra step at all or did you find it convenient that you you had to put the because i think they call that the cam lock system right yeah they have uh it's it's kind of like a aluminum bracket with a ratchet strap on it and then it just has a receiver that just slides in right and did you feel did you feel comfortable with that that setup, that process. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually did like it better than having the whole stand to hang. I could have the stand on my back, concentrate on getting this one small piece mounted, and once I had that mounted, I could just put the stand right in, and it was good to go. Nice. Okay. And then uh, quietness. I mean, what running, gunning, quiet. Every, I mean, was it uh, quiet? putting on and taking off the stand the the way that they have that bracket made it's it's a metal piece and it has a, a ratchet strap on it the way that the ratchet strap connects to the metal bracket is um there's a, a bolt that you have to unscrew with your thumb and you take the strap and put it around the tree and then you you put the nylon loop in place where that bolt was at drop the bolt back down and screw it in so it was you could do it quietly it did tend to squeak sometimes when you were threading it into the to the hole okay but the bigger problem that i was worried about was dropping that thumb bolt is i mean i don't know how many times i've been hanging stands and you think you have everything in your hands and then something slips and you and you like most of the time it's not a big deal because the strap just drops. But if I would, if I drop this strap and it swung, that bolt could go flying 20 feet through the woods and I'd never find it again. Right. Right. So I ended up changing some stuff on that too, to eliminate that. But, um, overall, if you took your time, it's very quiet. Gotcha. Gotcha. So this stand, I think itself, how big is the platform? Because you mentioned you have bigger, you know, somewhat bigger feet. You're a bigger guy. Um, this was also not only the smallest tree stand they make, but the, or in lightest, but the smallest platform as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. It's pretty tiny. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know the exact dimensions of it, but I mean, I didn't feel uncomfortable in it. I've been in, you know, I've been in stands that are, you know, like the the old steel hang-ons that are the you know the Bigfoot XL or whatever they call them, right. and they're nice and roomy and stuff. But even when I'm in those, I find myself living in this tiny footprint. So, I mean, I don't tend to use the full platform. So I didn't feel like I was you know trapped in a small space. It was big enough for me. Right. Um, when you first look at it, you think, oh, this I may have bought too small. But once I got up there, I felt. I felt real comfortable in it. Gotcha. Okay. Now, 
sitting, not a problem, obviously. Uh, no, sit all no, day. Very comfortable. Okay, very comfortable. Okay. Um, any any negative things to say about the stand? I mean, if if you were gonna, I mean, you made mods to the actual sticks that you used. Did you make any mods to this uh, this stand? Uh, yeah, I, I ended up getting rid of the ratchet strap that holds the the mount to the tree just because it was metal on metal it squeaked and just the action of a ratchet strap it would click 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 so i ended up replacing it with actually one of the cam buckles from the hawk sticks um and so instead of having to take the thumb screw out every single time it stays in there permanently now and then the hook the metal hook that the hawk stand utilizes that goes through where the thumb screw is now it didn't fit initially and i sent you some pictures i don't know if you saw them but one of the benefits to working in a place as a machine shop was i had them i had guys that work machine out pieces of this bracket so probably not advised by the tree stand manufacturer but <laughs> um i just hogged out a little bit of the room so i could fit that hook in now when i go to put that bracket on it's just real quick take that strap around the tree hook it into itself and then just cinch it tight with the cam cam strap there's no ratcheting there's no loose parts that i have to worry about dropping so and probably cut some time off of your uh setup too i take it yeah 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 definitely that's something that i would say that um if they could change it they probably i would think they should it's one of those things though that you have to probably as a tree stand manufacturer take into consideration that everybody's going to be able to you know get that i can get it tight enough but it's it's a bit of a task at times so they probably they have to make it for the masses you can't make specific products that only work for 25 percent of the population so i can see why they don't do it the way that i have it set up but i like it better that way right yeah definitely makes a lot of sense um so I'm curious now on crooked trees. Did the tree have to be straight in order for you, straight up and down in order for you to use this, or were you able to adjust that uh, cam lock, angle it a little bit so you could get um, you know a level stand in a crooked tree? With with that particular bracket and that that stand, there is is not any room for adjustment it's basically taking the you know the bat wing or whatever your connection point is let's say on a lone wolf and just you put that on the tree first so yeah you you have to kind of pick a straight tree okay Um, that was one sacrifice on this stand as opposed to some of the other ones i looked at that did have um some flexibility there with with mounting the tree stand this was kind of you were kind of stuck with a street you had to pick a street tree gotcha all right so i'm curious now how what was your your walk-in setup like you know how did you connect the stand and the sticks and your pack walk us through that setup and how and then like maybe once you got to the tree how you ended up you know from from your truck to your tree stand and then up the tree walk us through how what that setup looked like so the, just for this year, I'm st- I want to change some things, get some better backpack straps, things like that. I just used the straps that came with the stand. And then obviously there's no great way to mount those Hawk sticks in general. You know, you, you know, the companies that make stick talons and things like that are set up for a square tube, not for these sticks. So what I ended up doing was just nesting the three sticks together as best as I could and then um, like bungee cording those around together and then placing those on the stand and using the the buckle, the, the tree stand mount and that strap to cinch everything down tight okay. um, onto the stand. And I had no problems with that. Um, never came loose. I had a couple times where um, a couple good hikes that were, a mile to 
or three quarters of a mile to a mile back. So I did do some walking with it on and never came loose, never rattled. Gotcha. Uh, just kind of used, used what I had to use once I got there. I didn't want to have a 15 extra bungee cords and straps that I'd just lay leaving at the bottom, you know, lay them at the bottom of the tree. I'm working so hard to try and keep scent up in the air. I don't want to leave anything down on the ground right? Uh, if I can avoid it. Um, once I got to the tree, I would just take the stand off, take the sticks off, put the first one on, and then I would put my the stand on my back, and then I had taken paracord and tied two loops, one on either side of my, one on either hip, and I would just put the other two sticks in those loops. And as I climbed up, I would hang one stick and then climb up and hang the third and final stick and then put hang the tree stand and get in the stand and pull my bow up. So it was from the ground to the stand, one shot. Oh, nice. You know, depending on the tree, a lot of the times I, you know, I don't even make it up in one shot. You know, I want to find that perfect way, but you know, the way I have my, you know, setup is I take my pack down, uh, I off when I get to this, the stand and set my, you know, my tree stand up against the bottom of the tree. I do my sticks, come back down, uh, put my pack on, uh, grab my tree stand, uh, and go up, set up, screw in some sticks, hang my backpack and pull my bow up. So I'm, you know, depending on how, you know, how, I don't know, the tree or if there's any additional trimming that needs to happen. I'm looking at two, two trips, basically one up, two up, and then pull my bow up. So that's still, that's pretty good, man. If you can, if you can comfortably do it in one trip, man, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, 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 that was the goal. I wanted to be able to do that. I just need to figure out a better way to get my pack up with me because what I was doing was how I described it. And then when I pulled my bow up, it was my bow and my pack in on that rope. So it was kind of like a lot of weight to be pulling up. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'd like, I'm looking in the different packs for maybe next year, something that I could maybe like a larger fanny pack or something that I felt that was big enough that I could also wear that wouldn't get in the way to carry the stand up. Yeah. So we'll see. I got to look into that. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And a lot of it has to do with how big the tree is too. Cause there's times where, you know, if it's a really big tree and I'm stretching my, my stick strap as far as it can possibly go, that can, uh, right. that can be a son of a bitch at times. Yeah. That's, I usually, this year I try to stick with the ones that looked like they were going to be easier. Cause like I said, I'm still trying to figure some of this stuff out. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm just kind of curious to know what were some of the hurdles that you had to kind of overcome, on these run and gun trips, you know, and cause I like to, I'd like to learn, you know, hear how people learn from failure. Yeah. I mean, probably the biggest thing is just underestimating how, how much time, especially being new to it, I was going to take to get set up. There was, you know, a couple of times where I, I thought I had plenty of time and I'm still, I like to be in when it, you know, in and ready before it gets light out and there were times when it was breaking daylight when I was finally getting settled and it's you know more than enough time generally but I just I just felt uneasy about it I'm not used to having to rush like that at right. the end right um and there were other times too where I'd I'd set up and you know thought the wind was going to be one way and it wasn't and it's just you know maybe it wasn't necessarily the run and gun that got me you know it gave me a little bit of trouble. It was more of the new areas. Yeah. You know, these spots that I've sat years and years and years, I know when the wind's blowing from this direction, regardless of whatever the weather says, it's going to, you know, blow around this hill and down this valley. I just, it, it's these new spots that really throw you for a loop. You think you're perfect. And then all of a sudden everything shifts. Right. Yeah. Mix. Yeah. I hear that, man. Um, anything else? as far as the learning curve for uh, running and gunning that kind of sticks out in your head or what made it easier for you as the season went on or some things that you're still trying to figure out? The one thing that I just, I need to work on is I just need to do it more. Like you said, so it just becomes second nature. Um, 
there's a couple situations where I got into where the steps were a little bit too far apart and I just need to come up with a measurement, you know, whether that's, you know, make sure that this stick is at my belly button or something like that. Just measurements or different things that I can do just to make it easier to make it more consistent. Um, and you know, just maybe exercise more. So I, so I don't, you know, get as winded carrying on this stuff in and try and keep it as light as possible, but it still gets tiring at times. Awesome. Cool, man. So, so not only did you change your entire hunting strategy, right? You went from, you know, a guy who maybe sat in ladder stands or one location for a lot of years. And then now you're, now you're more of a mobile hunter with a new setup that you had to learn. You also bought a recurve. Is this, is this your first recurve you decided to hunt with or, or have you been a recurve hunter in the past? No, I've been, I've been at that since 2008. Okay. All right. All right. My mistake then. So you're not new to recurve. No. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, for me, I am a compound guy. I've always been a compound guy. I've shot some trad bows before, but nothing, you know, nothing to the point where I know anything or I could give a speech on it or, you know, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but, <laughs> but when a guy decide, you know, you've been shooting recurve now for roughly what, 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So in this year you purchased a new recurve, right? Correct. Okay. So for me, I have all these things that I like in a compound. What are thing what are some some categories or some I guess things that you look for in a recurve bow? Um I mean there's a, there's aesthetics that, that taken you know that come into come into play being that most of them are wood. You know, you get some that are really, really pretty, you know, that there are some that are hand engraved and things like that that are eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. So the aesthetics comes into it on this purchase in particular. This was more of a a, a rugged design. It's an aluminum riser. Um. So I always kind of wanted to get something like this, more of a compound uh, design as far as aluminum riser and bolted together rather than a piece of wood. I like wood bows. I have a lot of them, but I get real, real nervous when I'm carrying them out in the woods. Just like, I don't like to take a wood, right? A wooden stocked rifle out. I'm worried about taking care of it more than I'm worried about hunting half the time. Right. So that was the, that was this purchase was something that I could take out and not necessarily worry if I slipped and fell or dropped it on a rock or something. You know, it was, it was going to hold up a little better in those hunting situations beyond that, beyond that. Once you, once you go ahead and start shooting them, it's a lot of carryover from what you'd notice in the good compound. You know, it's, it's quieter, it's softer in the hand. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the two, as far as what somebody's going to like out of a bow, whether it be a compound or a recurve. Okay. And, um, again, did, are you brand faithful? Cause I know a lot of guys kind of stick to one single type of, uh, of recurve when, when they, you know, I, I love this particular brand and they tend to stick with it. Um, are you that way or do you like to go out and explore? I've shot and owned different things. The one, but I'm probably more like what you're talking about of sticking with something once I know that it works. And the company that I've, those that I've shot for years is Striker. Um, I have a couple of their bows. My wife shoots a Striker longbow. She doesn't hunt. She just shoots 3D. Um, and then when they partnered this past year, I think 2016, uh, the ATA show, they debuted New Breed and Striker made their hybrid design rk1 and that's what i ended up buying new for this year so is that under a striker or is that under new breed new breed new breed does new breed manufactures the riser striker makes the limbs okay gotcha and it's an rk they both sell them 
Okay, so yeah. it's an RK1, you said? Correct. Okay, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up once, see if I can find it. Take down, take down. Anyway, so, so is this the first hybrid recurve that you've purchased, or have you purchased, the, uh, you know, like uh, the, these uh, hybrid bows in the past? I've never, I've never owned a aluminum riser bow. Everything I've had before in the past has been all wood. So when I saw that Striker was going to make an aluminum riser bow, at first I, I got kind of, I kind of said, "Oh man, I can't believe you're doing that," because they've always been into wood bows. And then I happened to be at an archery shop that had one, and saw it picked it up and shot it and from then on it was just trying to figure out where i was going to get the money for it to buy it so but this is the first one i've had that's um aluminum gotcha so what is how does this compare to the the recurves that you have it you know that you've had in the past what makes this this hybrid design better or maybe even worse than what you've shot in the past um, this compared to what I've shot in the past, the handle's a lot more, it's a lot more slim. It's actually, um, new breed has the same handle design across their line of compounds and reapers. So that's one of the things that they kind of market with this is that if you're used to shooting a compound, this is probably a good bow to switch to. If you're looking to switch just because the handle is exactly the same. It's a real thin torque free compound style grip on a recurve, which unless you there are some recurves out there that i know people that shoot with they take the handle grip off you're never you're not going to get a handle like this anywhere else that's this slim and this you know torque free design um so that's the one thing that that they kind of push on that and that's the one thing i really like about it um this is the way it sits in my hand nice so because I don't know anything about recurve bows, do you put a rest on this bow or not? Because it has a, a compound riser. It has the, you can put a rest on it. Um, there, you know, you can set them up with an elevated rest. Uh, I suppose if you really wanted to, you could put even, um, like a whisker biscuit style rest, uh, in there's, there's mounts and everything for sights as well. If you wanted to do that. Um, I actually just have, um, it's actually just like the soft side of Velcro on the shelf itself. That's how I have it set up. That's the way it comes from them. Okay. And that's what I'm used to doing on my other bows as well. It's just shooting off the shelf. Okay. I gotcha. So what about the arrows? Uh, did you have to get a new arrow because this is a new bow? Did you have to get new arrows as well for... For this I didn't, it didn't, ha no, I didn't have to, I was staying in the same, uh, weight range and, you know, even though this bow performs a little bit better than some of my other bows, as far as speed, I was still okay spine wise with the arrows that I had, but just because I like to try new things, I did, I did go with the newer arrow this year, different one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what were some of the other bows that you looked at? before you ended up buying this one and were, were any of those other ones hybrids? I did. Hope came out with a, uh, an aluminum riser. Um, they've had one for years, but this one, it was, it's the Satori. It's the first one that they've actually made that accepts ILF limbs, which is like an international limb fitting. It's the, it's a standardized design so that you can use, limbs from Hoyt, you can use limbs from uh, many, many different companies. So it gives you, you know, the ability to play around with different limbs on bows. Um, the reason that I didn't go with that one just was, it was a little bit, a little bit louder than the RK one, the RK one, the, the limbs just bolt onto the riser. If you want new limbs, you have to get them from striker. You can't get them from anywhere else. It's like a proprietary, uh, mounting system. So it's okay. a trade off. You know, if I like the way it is, I'll probably never get different limbs for it. And then there's some guys that really just like to 
tinker and play around with. And some guys that really like to have hunting weight limbs and off season weight limbs. So they'll go way lighter in the target season and bump back up. I just like to shoot my hunting weight all you know, the whole year. Right. So okay, just worked out best for me. Okay. So then what, what was your, I guess for a recurve, you would call it a pull weight. What, what is your, is your pull weight for, for this uh, bow that you picked up? So generally everything's measured at 28 inches beyond that. It starts to stack up and build weight. So everything that I have is around 50 pounds at 28 inches. I draw to about 29 inches. So you can probably add three pounds additional to that. So I'm probably pulling 53 okay ish okay and then uh how how long is this bow from top to bottom so this one is 60 inches okay um and then i had been shooting shorter bows like 58 inches it's still ridiculously long when compared to a compound um but i did notice yeah i kind of had to watch because you definitely hit, I hit, I hit it off of limbs and different things like that. There was a little bit of a learning curve, it's a little bit longer, but it's a little more forgiving too. It's shot, shot. I shoot a lot better than any of my other bows. Gotcha. Okay. So do you think, you know, from, from a, a recurve shooter to a compound shooter, would you recommend this bow as maybe a, if you're going to go into, you know, take a step into the, the world of trad, do you think that this would be an easier transition, a, a bow like this, as opposed to a straight wood recurve? I think it's going to give you a, a similar feel to your compound. Um, I, the weight is just going to be off no matter what. The whole bow only weighs two pounds. Okay. So it's, it's extremely light as compared to a compound. I think if you had endless, if you had, you know, endless funds, this would be a great bow. If you wanted to try traditional, this would be a great bow to go into. It's very similar to a compound in the feel, but if you're not sure that you want to really do it, I wouldn't go out and buy this one in particular until you were really sure that this is something you wanted to do. (laughs) Right. Right. Just because it's about a thousand dollar retail. Gotcha. About. Okay. Yeah. And for for uh, a recurve bow, you mentioned that they do have a high end, you know, like a eight thousand dollar bows. If uh, you want, right. you know, you can go that to that extreme. But what's a guy looking at average for uh, a recurve bow? Pick up a recurve bow. A lot of companies have what they'll call like a stock bow or a off the shelf bow. It's just something that they make in higher quantities you can usually pick something like that up for between 500 and 600 700 um you start getting the custom ones where you actually order um and pick the the wood the different kinds of wood you want to go into it that's when you start creeping up on that thousand dollar area gotcha but if you were just looking to get into it um the first deer i ever killed with the recurve was a bow that I paid a hundred dollars for that was made back in this back in the early seventies. So you can definitely go if you just want to try it, pick up a bow at a yard sale or something like that. Make sure it's safe, and yeah. then just go ahead and go ahead and fling some arrows with that. They killed things back then; they can kill things now. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so let's see here. So now I'm curious: Do you just hold on to your bow? when you walk into the timber with it, or do you actually have it strapped to your pack at all? No, I hold on to it. Okay. That would, that would just make it a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I figured as much. And plus, as soon as I strapped it on, that would be when something would run out and stop in front of me <laughs> and I'd have to try. <laughs> that's my luck. Right. So do you have a quiver on this? Yeah, I do. I actually have a bow quiver. It stays on all the time. It stays on the entire time. Okay. And what, uh, what brand of quiver is that? It's a Selway quiver. Okay. It, they're they're mainly a tradi- it's all traditional. Okay. It's just a uh, it's a rawhide hood with foam inside. Uh, it's a six arrow quiver. I generally carry five. Okay. So then let's see here. Um, are you ever going to go back to compound, or are you are you trad to the end of days now? <laughs> 
I, I mean, I, I don't have any reason to go back. I, you wouldn't know it by this season, but I feel comfortable enough with it. Um, I don't feel like the, I can tell you for a fact, the compound wouldn't have gotten me a deer this year over me having the recurve just because there wasn't any opportunities on anything that I wanted to shoot that was even within compound range. Right. Um, so it wouldn't have done anything differently for me this year. And it's, I don't see me going back. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, for, so the Hawk sticks, I mean, would you recommend, would you recommend these to, uh, people looking for a running gun stick? I would, um, I would, I would just say that the cam buckle thing I thought was a little loud, but you know, again, that goes back to, they have to make them easy enough for everybody to use. Um, but overall I, I'm happy with them. They're kind of a, a washed out gray. I, I, I'm going to paint them a different color. I don't necessarily like that. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but I think the color is a little bit, right. It stands out a little bit. So I'll say that much. Right. Makes sense. Uh, millennium tree stand. Uh, are your, would you recommend this stand? And if you were to do it over again, would you pick the same stand? I, w- I would go with the same stand. Again, it's solid black. Um, it, it sticks out in the tree really a lot. I'm actually going to paint that a little bit, lighten it up a little bit because it's kind of dark. So, um, but other than that, I like I like the mounting bracket. Some people may not like that. Um, so. If you're not one to wanting to mess with the mounting bracket, maybe the tree stand's not for you. Right. Um, other than that, if if you're a little bit leery about the size of it, I would say bump up. They have a different size stand. Um, I think their next size up is actually comparable to. Um, I don't. I forget the name. Of the bigger lone wolf stand. It's similar to that size okay, platform yes. and weight. Gotcha. Alpha. Yeah, so maybe go up in size gotcha. if you want something a little bit bigger in platform. It's still extremely light. I think it's close to twelve or thirteen pounds. All right, and then on the Millennium uh, tree stand, what was the cost there? Uh, retail one ninety nine. I found it for one forty six. Oh wow! That's yeah, a- that was on Amazon. That was looking out and waiting for it and finding it and then buying it eventually. Oh, wow. That's a good deal, man. That's like, that's 25% yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Money. I tell you what, I hate, yeah. I hate Amazon, but you can't like, yeah, I don't hate them enough <laughs> to not use them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hear you. Cool. And then this new, uh, the new recurve, the RK one, would you recommend that to, let's say another guy who's into trad and, and, you know, has been in, I guess is in your shoes where they've uh, been shooting trad for a while. Yeah. If you're looking for something that's going to be a little bit more rugged and you don't necessarily have to worry about hurting the finish on your wood bow. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really nice bow. It shoots really well and it's, it's up there with, you know, any of the custom bows as far as performance, it's as fast as you're going to get some of these bows. I mean, they're never going to be as fast as a compound, but it, it zips an arrow pretty good. Um, it's smooth, quiet. Uh, everybody that I've had, you know, that wanted to shoot it and I've let them shoot it. Um, they've all said great things about it. Nice. Cool, man. Well, Mr. Brandon Cox, I really appreciate you, uh, taking time on this Sunday to hop on the podcast and uh, chat with us about some of your new purchases. And hopefully these new purchases pay off in 2018. Yeah, let's hope. (laughs) All right, huge shout out to Brandon for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do that, especially on a Sunday. And uh, hopefully you guys got a kick out of that review and uh, maybe that helped you push closer to purchasing one of those products, whether you, you know, it gave you good insight or bad insight. Either way, hopefully uh, you liked the information that was provided. Other than that, Thank you guys, each and every one of you, for tuning into the podcast. Be sure to 
go and check out all of the uh, sponsors of this podcast. Uh, you know, they support me, so please go out and support them. Gearhead, Wasp, Exodus, Bighorn Outfitters, Lone Wolf Tree Stands, and Ozonics. Please, please, please go out and uh, give their website a look. Take a look at the products they offer. You know, a lot of them have come out with new products. So, you know, go check it out. You know, the social media game, make sure you're checking out not only Nine Finger Chronicles, but the Sportsman's Nation podcast network as well. Sportsmansnation.com. Sportsmen's Nation. That's an M-E-N-S nation. Uh, so go check that out. We are getting, we are very, very close to launching the big game Western hunting RSS feed. And you'll be able to find that on the Sportsman's Nation podcast network as well. We, we're going to have Sportsman's Nation whitetail hunting and Sportsman's Nation big game Western hunting. And then hopefully in the near future, we're going to have waterfowl and fishing as well. So we are going to have almost everything you need when it comes to podcasts are concerned and we're going to be adding a blog and we're going to be adding a whole bunch of new stuff coming up hopefully this year um so keep an eye out for that other than that guys thank you thank you thank you go to itunes leave a review comment on all social media i love chatting with you guys especially about gear and if you're going to be in a tree, moving tree stands, taking tree stands down, because for most of us, the season is over, please wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week.